Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I'm Reggie. And I'm Brian. And this is R&B Talks. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Woot. Reginald, I need an overview of the week, my friend. We have had a week. Oh, <laughs> Something tells me it's been busy. It has been busy. Well, I, I tell you, it's trying to like, uh, it's just trying to make sure I get things done. And I, I, I'm not. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Try. And it's, it's, it's fine. I mean, the, the kids are, are not sick anymore. That's good. And my wife is on the men too. So like, I'm like. That that's like made everything so much better, but then it's like a back to focusing on my tasks at hand. So then it's like understandable. Okay, now I gotta <laughs> I gotta catch up and but yeah. Good. You know, I think there's something in your week that is important. I get to start a new gig soon. Whip. Yep. Prayers answered, bro. Mm-hmm. I will be starting a new gig, more time at home, better situation. Not seventeen job. Not seventeen job. I go to work for fourth time today. <laughs> no, I have now Uno job. I know. Uh, and I must say that having Uno job is different than having 17. Yes, it is. From having multiple jobifications, it's a pro- It's problematic if you have multiple jobifications. I know. I always think of that in Living Color episode with the Jamaicans and, yo, man, you got eight job. He only have four job. What's he do? What are you lazy? <laughs> I don't know. I can't do it. That, that is not a Jamaican. It's not. It's was, almost, it's almost like an Indian meets a Middle Eastern. That was a, more like a Finnish person imitating know. an American terrible. person doing a Jamaican accent. I'm a, I'm a born corn fed white boy. So, I mean, it's, I uh, obviously that comes across when I do an accent like Very that. Very much so. Yeah. I can't help. I can't. Help I, it, I don't so. do accents well either. No. I don't sing either. That's a that's a troublesome thing. I don't sing. Right, so, so the the other the other thing this week, I think that it's it's a continuing. It's it's like this is like something continuing in my character. I would say for and it will be for a while. Is like the 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 reiteration of Christ's standard and how I measure up to it. So there's a, it's been a lot of introspection while I've been doing schoolwork and like up here in my office doing these, you know, heavy things. Dig it. And, uh, I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's become fascinating to me to think about that as a, as a way to think like it's not, it is so far beyond the actions you take physically or say verbally. Man, it goes way beyond that. And then like it's it's like how and then if you let yourself get caught up in like, well, I'm I'm my thoughts are kind of here or there or whatever. Um I'm not I'm I'm not controlling my thoughts all the time or whatever. And then it becomes like then you get you can spin out of control with that into a guilt and like like I'm I'm not I'm just not doing it. Like you can you can get in this like cycle of that, right? Yep. Because once you realize the standard is so high that you will never achieve, then you're not achieving it. And if you're if you're an A type like I am, that's going to bother you, right? Mm-hmm. But then, then, but you have to wrap that around grace, and you have to wrap that around the the whole a- atonement and the kingdom of heaven brought to earth for, by Jesus. And all. you have to it, it has to be all encompassing. And then 
that burden of guilt and shame and of of whatever it is needs to be placed upon the crown of the king that exists today. And that's really what I'm that's what I've been thinking about and like really trying to internalize the last little while. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's but isn't that our nature to beat ourselves up over the things that we really are are freed from? Yes. Right? I mean, didn't I do that for years with 17 jobs, right? Like yeah. I was under this mystical burden of it could only be done one way. And this was God's plan for my life. And really what it was, was me being hardheaded and trying to do everything. Yeah, right? you can't. Everything. And uh, just, you know, I think that I think every Christian would be better off if they took a little bit of time and just stopped and thought about the fact that it doesn't matter, right? You're forgiven. You're not going to be perfect. There was only one perfect man. Well, it, it doesn't right? matter to your salvation. Yes. It matters to how you are experiencing God in the moment. When you let guilt, shame, or even... Uh, an action or a thought you take that is sinful, that is allowing a division between you and God. So that's really what's impacted. Like, you know, you, you, that's, that's, I agree with that. Right. I mean, it's not so much your, you know, you're going to go to hell if you do one simple thing. I mean, hell, that, that, that's not right at all. Um, or, or is it, so there's, there's a couple sticks that I was thinking about. The, the the old the old school way of thinking about hell like the fire brimstone preacher of the you know 60s yeah. kind of thing devil right? like a fire you know there's a lot of things that we we need to think about like there's not there there is not that much written about hell in the bible there really isn't and, and uh but we know there's a couple the, the pretty much the one thing we know is that sin cannot exist in god's kingdom and you it, um there if that is if that is the case there are there are things that have to exist somewhere else which could be labeled hell and that we know that that's going to be an absence of his presence there which means the good love things like that are of that is of his nature will not exist and so so i don't I, I, it's not like a i guess i'm i'm far removed from like the torturous you know, medieval kind of images of hell that we've been given. Well, but it's also like I've tell everybody, you know, and when people tell me, you know, what's the devil look like? I'm like, you're not looking for the guy with the horns and the viper gated tail and carrying a hay pitchfork and (laughs) jumping out of a cauldron. Right. Um, If people were to ask me who the devil is, it's the guy sitting across the table from you telling you things that you know are absolutely wrong, but he is so convincing and smooth in his delivery that he makes you doubt. Look, man, he'd be the if you saw Satan himself, he would be the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. He would sound like the most beautiful thing yeah. you've ever seen. Yeah. It's not like you know, that's totally not what it is. But you know, there's a whole. You could go into a whole study, and I, I plan on doing that at one point, like actually studying the the realm, uh, like uh, uh, heaven and hell from biblical. I just haven't done that yet, but 
This week, I'm super stoked about getting another fantastic book to add to my volumes of Dude, literature. We're have to like add support to the table. Well, this isn't even all. I mean, I just put these up here because they were like the ones that were on the desk in the way, right? Yeah. There's shelves and shelves of that downstairs and and, and other places, but I just got this one though. I'm super excited about it's um Dr. Gary Habermas. This is like his magnum opus of his resurrection stuff. Now, if anybody doesn't know, and, and this is probably not going to interest a lot of people, but that's okay. But it's exciting to me. Um, he's like one of the foremost research and scholarship around the resurrection. Okay. He's just, that's, he's devoted his academic um, scholarship career, sc- scholarly career, I should say, on the resurrection. And it's, it's magnificent of what he's done and what evidence is and everything else. So this is the first of four volumes of Great just gravy, about the resurrection. Great gravy. Now it's crazy, man. And it's exciting and it's not, I mean, like now keep in mind, a book like this is very tedious. Like every detail is going to be scrutinized and, and looked at and everything else from different angles and from, and all this history of this and that. Right. But that's what makes it, in, uh, appealing to an intellectual um, like oneself yeah and I will say this though too and I've said this before you don't need to read books like this in order to be any kind of Christian or whatever or to understand the Bible I, I'm just a nerd I mean that's really what this boils down to nerd. yeah I am I'm a freaking nerd. nerd I'm a you're, total nerd you're a super genius you're like Mr. Burns except you don't steeple your fingers and do evil things I don't think so, man. I'm a nerd. All right. I've accepted my nerd. Hey, listen, if you say so, that's the only reason I'm going along with you. Okay. Okay. So I have a question. Yeah. I ran into this conversation this week. Okay. If you are a Christian, are you required to go to church? No. Back that up. I need some backup on that because I said no to, but I wasn't fully equipped for the question. You're the apologetics man. Lay, Lay it on me. First off is how you define the church. Where one or more are, there I am. So when they're, when somebody's asking you that question, more than likely they're referring to a service or a building that you're going to or a part of a corporate entity called that is a church of some sort, right? Yes. Well, that's all man-made. Of course it is. <laughs> okay. The Bible lays out the church as the body of believers, so in other words, every Christian is part of the of a church, his church. That okay. is biblically what it says. It does not say you should go to a service every week on this day for this many hours. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say go to a specific building and all that kind of stuff. It does not. But it does say worship him in all you do mm-hmm. and be there for your brethren and all that kind of thing. So, the, the, I would say absolutely it is. There's nowhere in the Bible that states you must go to a building on this day for this long. Okay. Absolutely not. It's not there. All right. So where does the modern church, the modern Western church get the idea that it is a requirement? Well, I don't think they, most of the real gospel centered churches don't think that way. It's not a mandate, not a requirement. But the way they talk about it is. True. And I mean, look, here. so here's where I'll say, though. If going, being a part of a corporate church 
is so advantageous to you. Yes. I think that is, that is, that is a, I, I do think it's critical for you, somebody's life as a Christian. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir. But not because the the Bible has said so. The Bible just says like iron sharpens iron. Let, you know, that's how you grow. You have to have other people there to engage with both to learn from and to be wisdom and teach others. The church gives you a way on at least once a week to go and be around other believers to be bolstered in your in your faith, to to remind you of what the gospel is, and to have communion uh, with with the group of believers as well. That's all important. So okay. yeah, that's why we should. That's how the modern church evolved into that from because it was like a, a group of believers to get together. Now we could go into a whole thing about how church is structured and the services or this or that. And that would be a whole thing all of its own, but that's really not, that's, that's for another day, but I hope that matters. Well, that makes sense. Um, because if I look, I, I go to a church, I love my church. I love our minister. I love our church family. But if I don't get there, I don't know if this is wrong. I don't ever feel guilty. I might be like, oh, man, I'm in church today. But if I don't make it, I don't feel like I've committed some kind of horrible offense, right? I know a lot of people that when they miss church, they say, I've, I've fallen behind on my, on, my, on my studies. You should be studying all the time. Yeah, the church just should not dictate your that it, and let's be clear no. let's be clear what studying means too studying doesn't necessarily mean having the bible open a lot of times when i have an hour of time i'll throw on like a vadi bakum sermon or i'll go to like a christian podcast or i'll play christian music and i'll use that time to kind of line myself up right um i'm very much you know, I've, I've been, and I also do a lot of self studies. Like I've been, I've been in Judges and Revelations for a long time now, right? Like just trying to, to figure out the intricacies of those books and and wondering what they mean. So, for me personally, I think any chance you get to engage and connect into deeper into your faith and and the and the direction of your faith and the foundation of your faith, that's church. Well, true. I mean, but there, there, there is a growth cycle of a of a Christian. I would say, and it depends on where you are and that how important church really is. Although I would say it's important at all stages. That's not what I want. I, I don't mean that. But when you're an early Christian, you need to be at church at least once a week at a service, if not participating in groups well because it's, de it's developmental at that point exactly right, right? Like, you're you're, yeah. you're still learning the ropes like you don't yeah. understand a lot of things you know it's the right way but i mean there's a lot to unpack okay then you get to the mature stage where you've you know you've been a christian christ follower for a while and you know and at that point you're you're really stout in your beliefs you understand the gospel message as it kind of like what it is but there's still a lot to learn right and yep. then, and then you have like your sage period, man. And it's usually like your old guys who have been diligently looking at the word for all, you know, long time. They, they're really looking to pass on the wisdom that they, they have gained from, you know, their walk with Christ for a long time. Right. Yeah. 
That's how I look at it. It's not dependent on age. It's not really dependent on anything else. I mean, you can be all over the place. It's just it's just a matter of like there's the the church has a different function for your your at your different phase of your walk. Okay. But you know, for me, I mean, I'll admit I haven't we haven't been a part of a of a corporate body in, in a long time. I mean, I have not found something I'm jiggy with. So what's honest. stopping you? Do you think? Man, it's just I think it's just because I, when I come to because of all the stuff I'm doing at school plus work I'm, I'm i struggle to just um just not take the sunday morning to just chill out <laughs> fair enough fair enough and, and and just you know do that kind of thing i i feel so much it's 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 a it's a battle for me every day to really stay calm and not overwhelmed and um I, I know church can be a, a helpful thing for that, but um, I prefer to have right now peace and peace at in my own world for a bit. I feel like right now, like all the things that have happened over the last couple of months, I have felt the real, I'm in that place where I feel that real wired connection. Like, I know God's, I can feel God's grace moving in my life and providing opportunities and giving me things and and providing me with wisdom, right? I, I can feel all those things happening. What I don't, um, or what I, what I really feel for is when, you know, even in the silence, I, I understand him, right? When he's not responding, like I talked about a few weeks ago, I, I'm not, there's a lot of kind of but he was preparing me for something right what i feel sorry for is the people that they go to church for four or five weeks and they think they've got it yeah i don't and then they fall off oh yeah and then it their their relationship with god becomes well i believe in him but i'm just doing my own thing right now i i, I think that's where your Somebody's not been so. I think any young Christian needs a tutor, like a mentor, a mentor, tutor, whatever you would call it. Okay. They need to be a student and responsibility of someone, right? Your accountability partner, so to speak, right? That's important. Yes. And if you absence of anybody else, a pastor. Yes, absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what I, why I'm kind of so pro small church, because um, I think the 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 pastor gets lost in the sauce when he's got you know a thousand freaking people. When you got five thousand parishioners, man. You're you're in a, you're in a, you're in a hard situation. I mean, you're just you're disconnected from your flock. How can you be connected to to all those people, right? Well, but one of these things I've noticed, and this and look, I'm not going after any mega church, but one of the things that I've noticed is. Most really good ministers that I've met are extraordinarily charismatic people that want to connect. Yes. Right. Um, when you get into a mega church, I've, I've, I've ran into a lot of pastors that are not, they're very biblically versed. They can give you a great technical sermon, but they are not charismatic and looking to engage with their flock. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, 
I mean, look, look, wait, wait, hang on. Elevation's not a great example, but I'll give you that as an example. Okay. Stephen Furtick ain't hanging out with the people in his church. Stephen Furtick's going back to his very big house, very big mansion, very, very big pile of money, and he's charismatic on stage. He delivers that good charisma on stage, but I just don't see him pulling up at Grandma Rita's house after church and having a potluck. Right, Joel I mean, Osteen it's, either. It's not a. It's, right? Yeah, you're you're a you're a CEO of a church at that point. You're not you're not you're 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 acting as a pastor, but you're really just a speaker and a CEO and a and a talent. You're a motivational speaker at that point. Uh, yeah. Now right. look, I, I don't I don't I don't know these guys, right? I'm I know I've known some obviously some. Uh, pastors at big churches and stuff, and I mean, uh, you know, I as, loved, as I, have I. I, lo- I loved all of them. Don't get me wrong; I think yeah. they're just beautiful people. And it's not that, I, I, and I don't want to begrudge any mega church or or churches this size or whatever. Yeah, but like you, you there, there's things that people need, and like that that disconnection from leadership is not one of those, right? Especially early Christians, and you're not going to know that. Unless you're able to pay attention to that kind of stuff. And then I realized like if you can, I truly think there's a way to have like a huge church that functions according to the biblical standard of churches. Like if you really truly have enough leadership in your body of members that can be like the, the deacons and the elders that are enough to, to like really be those pastoral presence for the the bulk of your flock, I think you're doing it right. But the pro- problem usually is that you can't find enough deacons and elders to do that. No, you're, you can't. Because there's there's really, I mean, you know, let's face it. Nowadays, there's just, people are too busy, whatever the case may be. So it, it comes down to like, well, if you can't function in that way and have that sort of leadership structure you need to to be personal with your church membership, then it's too big. And you you got to do something. That's what I say, but I'm I'm not a pastor. I'll be I'll, no, I'm not that. I I've I've been in some leadership positions at churches, but but I've never been pastor or even elder. Okay, so for me to say all this, that I'm just qualifying that to say I I haven't been in those positions to like say here's my experience. Right, I'm just I just throw that out there, but I'm seem to be pretty. You know, somebody can correct me on this if they want to, but. Well, I mean, I, I feel like you're, I feel like your head's in the right spot, right? Like, I feel like that's, um, I feel like there's advantages and disadvantages to all different kinds of churches, right? I feel like you're going to see pluses and minuses going both ways. But the one thing that I, I will say is even a man of my age who I've been in and out of church since, 15, 16 years old. I took a very long hiatus after being in a hellfire and brimstone church as a really, really young kid and kind of being turned against the idea of God. And um, I need a mentor. You and I mentor each other at times. Like, and it doesn't necessarily, and it doesn't have to be a, oh, Reggie, you're smarter than me. I need you. It's, hey, man, you've got a different perspective than I do. And I need to widen and broaden my perspective. So I ask a, a, a wiser, maybe older Christian to pour into me, to help me broaden my perspective on the church. Right? Men's groups are critical for men. 
Yes. Okay. And, and I don't just mean like a a gathering that you go to and you hear some dude talk about some man stuff. I mean like a group of men who stand together and are hold each other accountable. Okay. That is that is I, I think that's one thing that we men in today's culture are missing uh, fervently because I don't I don't know a lot of men in our age group that doesn't work a substantial amount more than they probably should. Yeah. Me included, you included, mm-hmm. who have so much else going on, it makes it that we let that stuff get in the way of that kind of brother interaction and or or life together, you know? Fair enough. Uh, I think that's that's and I don't know how to fix it. I'm do, not Do you uh, think that has something to do with the masculine side of us? Well, I do. I think that it's it's much tougher for a a, a man to have because they're driven to provide, protect, you know, that kind of thing, and more than anything else. So if your drive is that, and you're you're focused really on that, you're not, you know, it's like you're looking at where am I needed? Where can I do? What can I help? What can I? How can I be of service? You're not looking at where where's my mental space? Where 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 can I go to like? debrief and like have somebody to lean on you're really focused on everything else at our and i'm talking about at our stage yeah you're focused on everything my else kids, that, my wife my yeah. foundation you're, right? you're you're the other people that that are on the your friendship circle or or community or whatever that are like having issues and like you know i mean for me i have several more than several there's like half a dozen different families that we interact with all the time that we're all the it's like a constant thing of something a need being needed to be fulfilled somewhere i'm thinking about that stuff i'm not thinking about what i need you know and i think that's where it comes from now that's where that you're you're spending so much time on everybody else you're not taking the time for you in that in that manner right yes yes so that being said, how do we how do we fix that situation? Well, you gotta okay. I think there's a period of everyone's life where they're in that situation. If you're growing, I think you're gonna get to a point where your 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 servitude is overwhelming your personal stuff. Now, for me, I know that if I don't get, I have to I have to debrief and de- um, decompress like every day, like at least a little bit on my own, like up here in my office, <laughs> like the girl, girls go to bed, wife's watching whatever she wants to watch. I come up here and, you know, either I'm, I'm reading something or I'm playing a video game or, or working on schoolwork, but it's my time to like, just, just be me for a minute. Yeah. So I got to have that. It's weird. As I get older, I need less of that. Well, but I think that comes along with maturing in the ways that I cope with the stress around me. Right. Like used to be that, you know, as young men, we we invert, right? Stress gets hard, we invert. We hang out with ourselves, we play video games, we listen to music, we do all those things. And I still love to do those things, right? Like there's nothing, there's no, I will not deny, man, throwing down some Red Dead Redemption 2 and listening to some good tunes and just kind of chilling, right? It's It's fantastic. But at the same time, I'm learning that a lot of times I can get that stress release by just realigning my vision, right? Like refocusing who I am. Well, we all have different methods, though. I want to make that clear. That's true. We all do. But for me, I'm learning as I get older. Sometimes I can take like 15 minutes and just kind of go outside, stretch my legs, get some fresh air, 
kind of assess the situation, take a few deep breaths, pray a little, get back to life, right? And that's not always the case. It doesn't always work. But for the majority of time, it's it's it does the job, right? Well, yeah, I, and I think this this is where your particular vocation and uh, your mental space, what you have going on, how what your capacities are, all that stuff play into the needs there. You know, it's it's varied between individual to individual. Sometimes life. I remember when like when my wife was really sick for a while, or not sick, I should say, but down with her, her some issues and stuff. I mean. You know, I was I was working full time and trying to, you know, take care of my my two girls here at the house. Right. So, I mean, I didn't have time for anything. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't. I just did it, you know. So it just depends. But overall, I'm just saying, like, there's there's there is a need for men to get together on a regular basis to live life together to 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 for for that iron sharpens iron well let's be honest this what this a lot of this is for you and i well yeah we we sit here and talk about our ideas and our things and you know if people like it they like it yeah they don't <laughs> yeah it's all right that's all right sometimes i talk to myself and, and i'm not a great listener to myself <laughs> and i like today's sponsor Ooh. edwards managed technology computer consulting Take it away. Are you a small business or entrepreneur looking to get more out of your online presence? Technology is ever changing. And with more and more people spending most of their time on screens, it's important to have your brand out and about getting the most exposure possible. Worried about having a big budget for website design or social media? At Edwards Managed Technology Computer Consulting, we cater to every business or solo entrepreneur's individual needs to come up with a plan that works for your product and your wallet. Interested in learning about how we can help you manage your online presence so that you can spend more time doing what you love to do instead visit www.emtcc.net to make an appointment or give us a call at 1-888-551-2770 mention rnb talks and get 10 percent off of your initial appointment remote and on-site options are available thank you edwards and we're back greetings that was very uh that was very like sally jesse Raphael, right like and we're back Sure, man. Um, <laughs> what do you say, dude? So let's let's talk about some news headlines today, Reg. Let's oh, talk let's, about some of these wonderful, let's roll, wonderful, amazing news headlines. I think this. What do you, is what be- do you got for me? Okay, so are we okay? So let's get ready, Reggie. Because here ready. it comes. Here it comes. Okay, so this is for this is an example of reporting a, a piece of news. That we already knew. So what is the point? South Carolina polls about to close as Trump eyes another victory in Haley's backyard. Really? We already knew that. Was that even worth posting? Like, like I think at this point, you're just stating the obvious at this juncture, right? Um, well, can we just say, though, too, that polls, people pay a lot of attention to these freaking polls. Yeah. Polls are like stats. You can make it say anything. Yeah. I mean, it depends on who you polled, how many you polled. <laughs> Where are they pull? I mean, come on. Yeah. Um, another one would be. Okay. So uni- university explains how brother. Okay. First of all, the girl that was killed on the university campus, that was a tragedy. She was killed by an illegal immigrant. 
But University explains how brother of the murder suspect was able to land a job in the campus dining hall. No papers. No, no proof of citizenship landed a job at a major university where he may have or apparently murdered a young lady. Any thoughts? What more is there to add to that other than the stupidity you just read? Yes. The ignorance I just read. Right. And and look, I'm not, <laughs> I, 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 you know, and my last one for the day. All right. So, and this one gets me because Bob Costas does not matter to me in the least, but Bob Costas blasts supporters of the monster Trump and the toxic cult in an explosive rant on live television. All right. So I went ahead and read this whole article because I got into it and I wanted to know what was going on. Okay. This was basically a giant publicity stunt is what it was. Cause Bob Costas has been out of the spotlight for a while. He's not really doing anything of merit. So he jumps on the bandwagon. And, and again, I'm not a giant Trump fan. I'm not, but so you could get some spotlight. You decided to go on television and do what half the world is doing right now. And you're getting media coverage for it. Have we not? I mean, we, okay. So we all know Trump's an egomaniac. We all know Trump broke the law. We all know Trump did some things that were unsavory. Right. But dude, Really? Okay. I, yeah. I, why would anybody care what he says? I don't, I don't understand why people take so much stock in these, <clears throat> like, f- famous or, or celebrity people or, or whoever. Like, why why do you care? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> why do you really care, man? I mean, come on. Who gives a rat's butt, right? Like- I mean, well, it's like... I get if it's somebody you respected in a in a way, like they had done some things and they've established themselves as a source of wisdom. Yeah. Okay. If you were somebody that that there was merit in the words you used throughout your career and and you established yourself as a leading something and something that has to do with the subject that you're talking about, you're a sportscaster. Well, you can I, still I have Keith, that. If I put the, Keith Oberman in the same suit you can yeah i mean like i don't care what vocation or what like particular genre of thing you do but you can still be that i'm just saying like for instance like but but and i I don't mean whatever side you're on like you, you there has to be something besides a rant that that is with substance that matters okay because you can you can go down the factual list of things why trump is not a good pick for president and i would read it just because it's factual and it's information i get it but if you go on this trump derangement syndrome and start being a a yippy gappy whatever no i don't just you've you've lost me you know and it's like what what is that gonna do Okay, when when you go on the, like these people on other social media platforms that just like crying and like so upset about this or that, it's like, dude, I, I man, I don't care. Again, how strong is your cause? If if you're if you're if you're questioned and you shatter, right? How strong is your cause at that point? I, this is why I like to Vivek Ramaswamy. Yeah. Cause he spoke and he didn't care if you, if you had a rebuttal, he had a response. Yeah. He didn't just, 
it just chatter on endlessly with no. a bunch of BS, but man. Here we here we are. But I mean, it's annoying. It is. It, it, and, I don't know. There's, there's, again, I say, I don't care what side you're on. You, you, if you don't see that this is a circus, you are, well, I don't know what's wrong with you. And just to give you something from the other side, this headline from MSNBC, Mike Johnson, current speaker of the house, Christian, self-professed, has quoted the Bible on national television. I quite admired it. Um, Mike Johnson's evangelizing may have finally gone too far. Really, and and um, no. okay, all right. I'm sorry you don't like Mike Johnson's faith. You should shut up. I'm sorry. It just it it and it's not the faith thing. It's not. It's just the dude again. Where did we where did we slide off the rail of being able to exist together without trying to persecute each other constantly? I don't know. It's like the discourse has just been totally just like, nope, we don't we don't want any discourse anymore. We all need to be automatons that believe and do the same thing. Let's be all let's all be cyborgs and roll around as robots and have no opinion and no mind of our own. That's really what 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 people seem to want. Now I think this this goes back to what we we should what we what you wanted to talk about was media yes. biases, right? I mean Yeah. Absolutely. I, I, and I think it's been unsavory the level of intentional nonsense that the media has done to get us fighting amongst each other and, and, and divisive. So I will say that. And, and it's, it's, it's really a train wreck, but what are, are there specifics with media bias that you wanted to? Well, for my first specific of media bias is, <sighs> The media, Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, all of them, their intent need to ignore reality. To ignore reality and and continue to spin things in a positive light when they're obviously not positive. Right. Let's take this, for example. I'll give you two examples. One on both sides. Right. Number one. Um. People looking past, you know, Fox News is a great example, looking past Trump's flaws and just basically elevating him to a to a saint like status in order to push him forward in their agenda. Trump has obviously got some hard issues he needs to deal with, especially one being his mouth. <laughs> um, the best thing he could do right now if he wanted to win this election was be just shut up and let Biden bury himself, but he won't do that. And then if you go on to the MSNBC side, their intense need to ignore the fact that our president is utterly cognitively compromised in almost every way. He's obviously having some problems. And I honestly, at this point, I say this from a, a standpoint of feeling sorry for him. You know, if your family so desperately wanted to be famous that they would kick you out in front of the world with utter cognitive failure and try to keep you running a country, which you are obviously doing a terrible job. It's just astonishing to me the amount of 
the amount of reality they will set aside on both sides in order to drive something forward that as far as I can tell is utterly unhealthy in the end of it all for all of us on both sides. So the bias for me is it's no longer about Biden's having issues. We obviously need to look at what's going on with him. Trump's a yahoo that can't stop talking and can't stop saying dumb stuff and can't st- stop using words like bigly. Bigly is not a word. Huge, hugely is not a word. Um, and trying to sanctify and, and apply sainthood to these men just to win their argument. Be- because it's like, it's like sports teams, dude, you know, the Republican or Democrat sports team that you're cheering for. And Absolutely. You're a fervent fan of this, right? And it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I really don't care what you call yourself. I want to hear your ideas. I want to hear how you plan on, like, what you plan on doing, what's your, what's your, what's your um, principles, what all this stuff. But you don't, it's, it's just not. But let's, let's, particularly about media bias, though. This is, this has gone, it's, it's so noticeable. Right, you have sites that have like like large scale charts and things to tell you Mm -hmm. where they swing. Yeah, and and uh, so I've I've got several of them that I pulled up because I wanted to see. um, I'll I'll put links in the in the description, but all sides media has a really brief chart that's really nice that has like everything from far left to to lean left center lean right and right they label, they have like a bunch of media outlets there in these mm-hmm. categories right and i don't i don't disagree with most of this i mean cuz I, I but but keep in mind i'm a guy that has stepped away from the mainstream media because of the bias that has occurred yeah. I, I don't pay much attention to what the the big media outlets who are own, owned by like the same person by the way um I just don't pay too too much to it. Like for instance, here's here's a good example. MSNBC is left, far left. Okay. Politico leans left. Mm-hmm. You know. Then you have like the um, Fox News is on the right. Uh, Daily Caller, Daily Mall, Daily Mail. I'm sorry, uh, Blaze Media. Um, of course, you could probably put in there like the the Daily Wire. Oh, there it is, yeah. right there. Um, Fox Business News is lean right. Um, Wall Street Journal opinion is is lean right. The Wall Street Journal news section is this in the center. Um, BBC News is in the center, which I would kind of argue against that one a little. Well, bit. I'd argue against the Wall Street Journal being in the center too. I, I don't. I think it just depends on who writes it. I yeah. mean, uh, I used to actually read the journal. Um, I just got nothing out of it, so I just, yeah, <laughs> I stopped, stopped reading it. Now and then on another what I found here the um hold on let me find it the the uh ad fonts media has mm-hmm. this huge chart where you can like do searches and all kinds of things especially if you pay for it but it it has like a lot of stuff and a lot of different ways but but there there's there's research going on with this too mm-hmm. there's a whole paper here that I, I it's massive about media bias um let me see if I can find it a systematic – what's it called? This this was huge, and I didn't get through it in time for today, but I'll put it down here because it does um, – it actually looks at how 
the the actual media bias detection, how people how things are doing. There's all kinds of good info here about how they det- like how how bias is is now being looked at. Okay, and it's massive. It's a really good, and this was done in 2023, right? So it's like last year. There's 17 forms of media bias exist. Um, a, theor- a theoretical framework allows us to differentiate different misinformation problems. Transformers have outperformed RNNs and all this the definition of all this stuff's in here, but the, it's, it's actually, it, it's a long read. Don't get me wrong. It's not, it's an, it's, it's really an academic like paper, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it was really cool to see somebody and all the research and like work that goes into the actual, how media bias detection is being done. Okay. Nowadays. Right. So, so all that said, here's where I want to make the point though. When news outlets choose what story they promote, that's a bias. Mm -hmm. Okay. When they choose what words to use for the headline, that's a bias. That's a bias. Mm-hmm. How they, what descriptors are used can be biased. Yes. There's so much to this. Mm-hmm. And if someone is only wa- like only paying attention to one particular bias, that's all they're going to get. And it's going to reinforce and, and really in a, in a bad way, elevate that's that particular bias. Mm hmm. And you won't, you'll, you'll find yourself being more divisive, more combative, more unwilling to be open to any other ideas. So, so I guess what I would encourage everybody here is to like under, like really understand that what you watch or read or listen to matters and to understand what standpoint that's coming from matters. I would agree with that. And I would also say there is, there is a level of common sense, right? Like that we seem to have, we seem to have just lost. All right. And we've seemed to have lost this ability to. It's it's like when your uncle tells you the fishing story for the seventh time. When he first told you the fishing story, the fish was this big. The seventh time he told you it was this big. And I feel like that's what they do right now. Um, an example would be someone reporting an incident in the White House. At first, it's reported this big. When they don't get the response they want to the story they report, then the story is this big. And then when they don't get the response to the story they want, then the story is this big, right? Yeah. Like it's this moving metric of journalism. Well, I can't even call on that. It's not even journalism at this point. It's a, it's a, it's an, it's an op-ed, right? It's opinion based. It's not fact based. Um, and, and, and it's this, it's, it's our ability to listen to something and just say, this is obviously wrong, right? Like, but the problem is, I feel like we've, we've become a group of sheeple, like I put those together, people and sheep that listen to whatever is fed to us and assume that it is correct. Well, I don't assume anything. How much I, I listen to what I hear. And if it's interesting to me, I research it. I try to find as much fact-based information as I can. I don't allow emotions to become part of it. I don't get emotional about it. 
I don't get all broke up and feel like, oh, I'm being attacked. And then if there's no factual basis to it, then I'll wad it up and throw it in the garbage. How much do you think is intentional to be so biased that we don't have time to realize the truth? Probably 95% of it right now. Because um, let's face it. I mean, you, you, you can't just, it, it's pretty tough to like have a source where you just go one place and go, okay, here's the facts. That's pretty, you know, few yeah. and far between, right? And and don't get me wrong. We all have opinions, right? We all think certain things, but I don't go out and press my opinion unless I have done my research and can back it with facts, Right. Well, that's why academic, all you do in academic, when you write a paper, you, it's not just what you think. It's actually backed by other peer-reviewed documentation or, or, or attested to by certain things. It's not just a paper about your opinion. It's not. Well, that's good. It has bias to it because of who you are. Everything does, including journalism. I don't, dis I don't, I don't see a, a future where there's not bias at all i can't i don't think there's i don't think, think that's, that pos that's possible dude i don't think that exists no but i don't but, think there's a there, i don't think there is a existent situation where biased is not going to be involved what what i think there is is in a situation where we're no longer worried about facts well okay we're worried about winning the argument Here, here's what i would say right like if, if somebody said hey reggie want you to be a journalist and you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna report on these things or whatever in my view the first responsibility, which is like the journalistic oath of forever ago that used to be, would like report the facts. Yes. That's the first thing. I'm Walter Cronkite. But anymore, you're given what to say. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's the big point here. It's not necessarily the personalities you see on TV that's going to give you that, – yeah. that are doing this. And we've seen this before where there's like umpteen media outlets and you can – you can go between them and they'll say the exact same thing or they'll use the same key words yep. for something or it's, it's and you're like, okay, this is, this is a mass propaganda operation. This is a propaganda machine. This is silly. And, yeah. and that, I mean, it's still, there's still like only like six companies that own like 90% of the media. Yes. That's okay. True. We, we, uh, people need to understand this. I mean, it's not like you're coming this, this, all these different views and all this stuff and stuff is like, oh, well, it's CNN. It must be different, you know, different than the MSNBC or uh, Fox News is this. Well, no, actually, cause they're all owned by <laughs> the same people. I mean, like it truly is a, a cabal ish type of thing that controls the daggone media, man. Well, I mean, and that's why crazy. when, like, you know, when they found out that, you know, Tucker had reported some things that weren't necessarily true on Fox News and Rachel Maddow had reported some things that weren't necessarily true on MSNBC. My first thought was they just read what was on the paper. Yeah, they didn't. They they, they were told this is your headline. And they went, OK, they didn't go. Wait a minute. I should research this. No, this is your headline, because if you'll notice a lot of times when they're reporting something that is just obviously false, they'll make things up to kind of make themselves look more connected to the story. And then when they get called out and the facts come out, 
then it becomes, well, nobody's perfect. Well, no, nobody's perfect, but your job is to report the news and the facts, and you're obviously not doing that. Well, like if if journalism was still a thing (laughs) and you had these anchors on a major TV or media outlet, right? So let's say it, it, it is a CNN guy or it's a Fox News guy. I would expect them to be at the top of their game. Yes. Where the mistakes they make would going to be far, very few and far between. Yes. That's what I would expect out of that level of you journalism. are not the weatherman. No. You're not speculating on what the cloud yeah. cover is going to be at 3 o'clock today. Yeah. You're telling me that this happened with these people at this time. Yeah. <laughs> and in this place. <laughs> you and know. these are the things that caused it to happen. And these are the results of why it happened or from what happened. And. It's just, it's so, it's, it's, and, and it's especially been hard this week. Um, I go back to something. I have been following this Fannie Willis thing just because it's very interesting to me. Um, there has been new evidence that's come to light that they both lied on the stand and it's concrete evidence. And what I'm hearing a lot is, well, it's, it's speculative. No, it's not speculative that there were thousands of text messages sent between the two of them that were obviously from a place that he said he wasn't with her and all these things. And and it's obviously real, right? There's obviously evidence there. And it's this spin of, well, maybe they mislabeled the towers or maybe all this garbage that I'm hearing. And I'm like, look, she's just, she's just somebody who got caught with her hand in a cookie jar. She's not special. She took a job as a public servant and she took advantage. Whether she's Democrat, whether she's Republican, whether she's whatever, it doesn't matter. (laughs) You're, you're a politician who ran on, you weren't going to do all the dirty things that the previous guy in your position did. And then you did them all and you got caught. So just say, you know what? I got caught, you know, <laughs> but it's this whole circus that well, may. And it's, well, I'm, it's because I'm being persecuted. No, you're not being persecuted. You got caught. It's ridiculous, man. I, I don't know. I mean, you know, and this, 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 but it's an example of there's clearly things that are wrong. Clearly, things that have happened. We 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 know this. And but the what I would say though is that that's this is probably not like if this is going on there, but that's probably more frequent than what we're being led to. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I no think doubt. even and I think on the federal level, this is even more prevalent. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, talk about like <laughs> all these. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just, this is what I'm saying. It's just a show anymore. Well, and this, it's the same thing with Biden. This isn't a democratic or a Republican thing or a centrist thing or a independent thing. This is a poor old man that people are taking advantage of. So who's, is it, is it Kennedy Jr.? Is is he still running for, is Kennedy is still running as an independent? Yes. I don't know. That might be Um, the best way to go. Honestly, man, if you listen to him, and I, I've listened to, he's done three or four podcasts from, he, he did uh, Joe Rogan and uh, Jordan Peterson, and he did some podcasts. And if you listen to him, he really is 
about as centrist as you're going to get. Right. He's right in the middle. He's like, I don't want to be a Republican. He's running as an independent. He's registered as a Democrat, but he's looking to solve problems in a way that are beneficial to both sides. And because both sides are so wickedly entrenched in these extreme polls, he's looked at as the strange one. I know it's fascinating, dude, and and it's utterly it's utterly mind blowing to me. But it just like I guess my whole thing is like just just leave people alone. Yeah, just shut up. Just quit quit with all this nonsense. Like let me make my own choices about where my money goes. Absolutely. Let, let me provide for my family like I want to provide yeah. for my family. You know, like I don't I don't I don't really feel how my tax dollars are being used any remotely close to effectively or efficiently i mean that's that's really it dude i don't i don't want anybody forcing me to say or believe a certain thing no leave me alone here's what i need protect my borders defend my country collect my taxes enforce my laws and outside of that shut up but the laws though this now, is where- laws are laws are on scale, right? They can change according to who's in office, right? And we're not always going to like everything that they do. But that's part of it, right? That's just part of it. An example, I never made more more money dollar for dollar than when Clinton was in office. The country was in the black. He had figured out a way to be in the middle with Democrats and Republicans, he was getting bills passed. They were taking less taxes out of my check, and I was taking more money home. I made a whole lot less when Bush was in office, but I understood that we were at war. So that was going to take a very tremendous amount of money. Uh, I, I, I believe it was 175% necessary that we went over there and just started laying waste because you came onto American soil and murdered thousands and 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 then you know i i didn't like barack obama's policies i didn't like what he did i I saw right through obamacare and what was going to happen um but i i still chose to be respectful and understand that this is where our country is I'm still able to feed my family. Inflation wasn't rising on a weekly basis, right? But somewhere after Obama, there was some kind of schism that happened. Okay, I have an answer to some of that. Okay, well, okay. On. Let me let me just. I won't. I don't want to get into it because it's a. I haven't. I haven't r- reviewed that stuff. But the 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 Obama administration was deliberate in their 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 promotion and their advocacy of how relations between things would start changing. Yes, they were. That was the beginning of, I mean, that's the hard. He, he, they ushered in a lot of like the, all the racial stuff started escalating at that point. Mm -hmm. The, 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 um, sexual preferences type of stuff, all that stuff. That's where he, his administration is what started promoting that in a much profound way that elevated all of that stuff that's what the my major thing my other major thing with the obama administration was the handling of the bpo thing 
Yes. That was insane. The, there's, there's the pipeline. There's many things that I just was like, this is, this is incompetence. And then, you know, we had Trump come in and I thought he did some things well. I, I thought he cleaned up a little bit, but it was like on the right track, sort of, but I still didn't like him necessarily. <laughs> well, but here's the thing though. I think Trump uh, was a model of what we needed in the sense of we didn't need, we don't need politicians. We need businessmen who understand that our country has business to do and it has to be in our best interest for, to do that business. Well, I would say, I would say more of like the, the traditional uh, definition of a statesman is what we need. You're looking for more like a Ronald Reagan type, well, you, yeah, I mean, business. Which I loved Reagan. I thought he was business great. savviness does help with some things when it comes to like the economics of things and whatever. And I'm sure Trump very much knows do- dollars and yes. where, where that happens. He knows on a global scale. He's got global sized businesses and real estate ventures and endeavors he that he does. Very much does, yes. And that's what enabled him to do some of the 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 geopolitical stuff that he was that well, he got he done. He had he had China and Russia under control. He had trade working better in our favor than it had in, in the last 15 years. He had rectified some wrongs. Um, he just wasn't, he was, he was not and, and, and continues to not be politically capable in a lot of ways. Well, it's like, but I, I guess like I'm okay. Like I'm okay with, with an assertive personality. Yeah. I think that's actually warranted for the president of the United States. Absolutely. Like if you're not assertive and you're not like a bold leader, how are you going to be anything with the, the most powerful office in the entire world? For okay. Sure. Now, so, so, but what, what it's, it's like this, this really weird childish type of thing that goes on. I just don't understand that from the Trump campaign. Well, it's like this weird, Tit for tat type of nonsense. Yeah, it's 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 this. Oh, you said something about me. Now I'm going to say something about you. Like the other day when he was like, "I'll challenge Joe Biden right now to a debate." He's not going to debate you. No, never he happened. Can, he can't. It won't happen. It is not. He does not have the the mental faculties <laughs> no, to do so. No, it will not. Happen. Um, the best thing that Trump could do would be to hold town halls while he's hiding in the basement. And not talk about Joe Biden at all. Just talk about what he's going to do to fix the country. Again. Focus on the issues. Focus on how to fix them. Him attacking Joe Biden. Is pointless. Well, it's it's against (laughs) what he does. It's against him because it's like going into a nursing home and attacking a dementia patient. The guy doesn't have the faculties to defend himself. Anything more than five or six words, he gets flubbed up and flustered and can't finish the sentence. But not just that. So uh, even you know, Kamala, like, I mean, what? Uh, good, even good, even good even Lord. her trying to do anything like that. I mean, are you kidding me? That's not. That, that's just almost just bad. I haven't heard her say anything. Any public speech that she's made, it has made zero sense. Sharp and focused. Yeah, dude. <laughs> The whole yellow bus thing. <laughs> I just sat there 
as she was talking, and I was like, you should really stop. What was that thing during the Super Bowl, though, for Biden? I thought it was just that. that we talked about shrinkflation. Oh, my. No, 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 no. That thing where he said, he, he, what do he say? I don't know, but mama's got the best chocolate chip cookies or whatever. <laughs> I have no I idea. Like, I can't remember what it was now, but I just happened to see it. A couple like a week and a half maybe ago, that <laughs> just cracked me up. I'm like, what? Is, and what? I think that's another problem too. In this is there used to be things that went on in our country that were 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 ways for us to take a break from the political and from those things. And now those things have been politicized. Like the Super Bowl used to be a thing where, dude, we're just gonna watch Super Bowl and watch ball game and watch funny commercials and see a funny, ha great halftime show. Now we got, we're all worried about the fact that he didn't say anything before the Super Bowl. Who cares? It had nothing to do with the outcome of the game. Yeah. I don't care. He's not important to the NFL at all. Um, but I'll, I'll say this. I didn't watch the Super Bowl. I did not. I did. It was I a great game. It's actually a very close I don't, game. I don't care. I appreciated it. I, I've, I've, I haven't liked the NFL in a long time. Even even before Colin, whatever his name is, did all that nonsense with the the kneeling and stuff. I mean, I just I just haven't cared because it's just it seems like me a bunch of bo spoiled people, who, spoiled man babies. Yeah, no no thanks. Well, my I'll thing pass. is this, um, you know, and look, I don't. I've had sports legends in my time. Let's be clear: Bill Russell, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Isaiah Thomas. I'll give them all credit. Right, they were great at what they did. But here's the facts. Ain't nobody in the NFL, ain't nobody in the NBA, ain't nobody in the NHL or Major League Soccer or MLB curing cancer or solving the world's problems. It's just a game. Yeah. I mean, you're good at the game. Gotcha. You're very good at it. I give you credit. But it's just a game. There's been some... I would say intellectual comparisons between the Roman gladiators and the modern sports heroes in that all of those are really to distract from the <laughs> events and stuff that go on. Right. And I think I there's a lot of truth to that. I like, think, let's, I think let's get everybody so occupied with rooting for their team and looking at their sports stars to not notice this over here. <laughs> well, yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, sports in himself has gotten a level of ridiculous because it used to be, you know, you had your stately head coach, the one people respected. Players didn't argue with the coach. You know, there was, and now it's, there are, I think there are players that run the teams and the coaches are just there as kind of like decoration. Well, celebrities, bro, you get, you get, you get into that mindset and all of a sudden it's like you're, you are the one that is what people are tuning into. And well, even when Michael Jordan played for the Bulls. There was no doubt that Phil Jackson was the head coach of that team. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, he was definitely. Yeah, he was in charge. If he if he said do this, they did it. Now he did he did talk to Michael a lot. Yeah, but that's because most of what they did ran through Michael. Yeah, right. I mean, it was a central piece of their their game. Yeah, but he was still in charge. Yeah, if he said don't do this, then don't do it. Right, and now it's it seems like coaches are making suggestions. 
Well, I know, but I'll, so, I'll back back onto this thing. I would just say that you know, there's um, I don't think there's any look. There, there's there's a there's really an overarching thing that we've said here is that you have a responsibility for your own self and your family. Yes. If you're taking care of your family, taking care of yourself, you're contributing to your community in a positive way. You're on the right track. Well, and, and, and it, are anything really outside of that interfering with this? Not too much. Mm, yeah. Not, you know, outside of tax laws and things like yeah. that, that affect the financial well-being of your family. No. Um, and this is what I tell people too, you know, that are all tied up in this Biden versus Trump versus blah, 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 whatever it is. Uh, your responsibilities don't change. Now you may no. have to change the game that you play, but the responsibilities at the end of the day are the same. Love your fam, love your God, love your family. Take care of others. Love yourself. Love yourself. Be kind. You know. Contribute. I mean, and as long as you know, this, this is what I'm saying. Like, I, I truly think that I don't. I don't think it. I'm here's here's my really opinion about this, and why I really don't care. I really don't think it's going to matter who you vote for in November. I think it's all going to be determined not by anything we vote for. So it's like wrestling. Yeah, I think WWE, bro. I think it's just, you know, might as well have Hulk Hogan and Macho Man out there, bro. I love I mean, it, man. You might as well have it. Brother, brother, brother. I just, it just, you know, it is, it is, it, it to me, it's so ludicrous and so stupid. I did, like, no, I don't want any of you. None. No. I'm going to, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to vote. I will vote. I always vote. I always vote. I'll, I'll probably mark none of the above. None of the above. We um, need to re. <laughs> we need to redo this whole thing. I'm going to write you in, Reggie. <laughs> Reggie Payne for president. Oh Lord, boy, that's some job I don't want for sure. Yeah, and that's another thing. If you have any level of intelligence, you're not going to want to be president. I've been. It's often I get say, hey, why don't you run for office? And it's like, well, yeah, you should. You should run for office. And I'm thinking, okay, maybe for something. And then I think I don't want I, I I have no desire to be in this mess of stuff. Now, is there is that me just having an excuse because there's people like me that need to be in office? But I think it's, I think local you know? offices like aldermen and things like things like that are not as convoluted, right? I don't know, dude. You you forget I have a family member that was was in that and i i directly know <laughs> what that was but about. i also believe that it's only as convoluted as you allow it to be well yeah i mean if you care about it that that's this is the problem and i know that they did um it, it's 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 a job like it's a real job and like there's there's really not you you fulfill a duty i suppose which is something i'm 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 all for, but like, I, I I think with anybody who has a young family, all that stuff, you're you're that's not something you probably should do. You know, even though it's probably it might be needed, but for me, I put my family first, and that's not going to be good for them. Is what I'm I'm looking at it is like, yeah, it's good for any politician's family. No, but 
you know, but I don't like who's, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it seems, it just seems like just a circus from top down. Now we have some good local, I will, I will say this. We have some good local, um, politicians mm-hmm. and I wouldn't say even politicians, like a really not a appropriate word that, that, that they're in offices that I think that they're, they're, look, they're, they're doing what they can do. And your local offices are more important than your state or federal anyway. So, it, it, and I know it's harder. It's harder to find the the data on that stuff, but that's more important. You know, they can your county, your city, vastly more important than the federal stuff that goes down. Now there, and and if you know, if by chance somebody gets their head on straight and they say, "Hey, look, we need to bring, we need to bring back states' power." <laughs> To, to that in less less federal more state that would be a great thing well, let's and be clear we tried that with roe versus wade we tried to give power back to the states and it was an utter and total catastrophe meltdown and still is but it wasn't it was just the people the the, the idiots who didn't understand it had a meltdown over it and your state now had a chance to say well yeah we don't like that and they should it's one thing I'm fervently against, and for so if Indiana says, "Hey, yeah, we no now that we can, we're gonna say no." Bingo, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this is why the states were were were. It's it's a, re, a state a republic of of states. We're a republic. We're not a straight up dem- democracy. Never you have been. you don't you don't want that. We're a republic, and your states need to have the power to be able to do that. That's how it's supposed to work. If you don't like your state's certain thing, you're fully capable of going to another state. There's no papers. There's nothing involved. You can yeah. move to another state. I mean, I know it's not, it's not like just simple where it's like poof. It's not ideal, but, but you, it's, it's possible. That's what it should be. So that you can have states who are like you have communist California and you have <laughs> whatever. You can choose to be there or not. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know, come on. But anyway, so the media lies. We know that now. We figured that out. We said that. Yeah. And, and we know what that is. And uh, we know that. Do your po- homework. Politics are a circus. Do your homework. You know, search for facts. Don't believe. Because they're shiny and pretty on television. Don't believe what they tell you. It yeah. doesn't necessarily make it true. My dad, um, my dad was such a, such a dude. He would, he would watch the, the whoever the pretty girl was, man. He would, he wanted to watch the pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care what they were. Reporting. Really? No, he didn't care. <laughs> yeah. I just funny. remember growing up with my grandparents and it's six o'clock every night watching, you know, stately fact-based news get reported. And remember the news was only on for like a half hour. Because they were just there to report the news. They weren't there to report, you know, their opinion. Here's the here's what happened. Here's why. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks, man. And we moved on. You know, I think when I, man, I, I think when Bob Barker died, the wheels came off. I don't know, man. It's just a mess. But you know what? We're still here. God's still good. He's still sovereign, and that's really the point. You exactly. Know? Guys, comment, like, subscribe. But yeah, really subscribe. We need some. We need subscriptions. Subscribes. Uh, smack that like button. Click, 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 or dislike. Argue if you want to. We'll fight with you a little bit. Yeah, it's cool. okay. 
We're gonna be really nice about it though. I'm not gonna be the guy that's all like hellfire and brimstone. I wanna be like really factual and hope you the best and pray for your soul and I'm gonna do all the things I'm supposed to do. So if you're looking for an argument, I'm not the guy to have it with. Um, <laughs> I might. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, Reggie might fight with you. Um, and it'll be entertaining. I'll watch. But, you know. <laughs> We're on B Talks. See ya. Bye. <laughs>